That's my wife, by the way. I said honey, too. Okay, so if you're new with us, so you know that, all right? Hey, welcome, and if you're new or newer to the branch, we're thrilled that you're among the number here at our 10 a.m. service. Thank you, and uh, we're just a church uh, that believes in knowing Jesus and then making him known, and we're, we're just intentional about trying to, to do that the best we can to add to the growing numbers of folks out here. In fact, we say it this way, we're going to make Jesus known to this increasing number of folks living out here in the East County area that are uninformed, underinformed, or simply misinformed. So many people are about who Jesus really is. And uh, it's, it's, we, we can know from the Bible, which is what we try to go by here at the branch. And so in my teaching, you'll see lots of scripture, okay? So you, hopefully you get more from God than you get from my thought, all right? So I want you to know about God's thoughts, all right? first and foremost. And then we're called the branch because Jesus said he's the vine, we're the branches. If we abide in him and he in us, us we will bear much fruit like a grapevine should <laughs> if it's been pruned up well and cleaned up well. And so that's who we are. We're a church that's intentionally trying to uh, and be a catalyst for new church planting uh, because there's a need for more churches. Some churches uh, go through a life cycle and close eventually and uh, the population continues to grow doesn't it and so there's a need for more in different kinds of churches that can connect with people in different ways all uh, sharing the same uh, changeless truth and message from God and so uh, we are part of sending out 15 to 20 people to a brand new church start coming up this October out in the Salmon Creek area. We're so excited about being part of that. We're just one partner uh, with Kyle and Ruth Davies in planting that church. If you have any interest in that, being part of that, being a missionary to that for a season, sometimes people do that, let us know in your card because Kyle would love to talk to you about how you can be part of a very successful outreach into that community, that growing community up there in the Salmon Creek area. Um, so good to have you among the number today. We've started last week with this new uh, series. We've, we've called uh, Jesus Talks. Um, you've heard of TED Talks? How many of you have heard of TED Talks? Have you ever listened to TED Talks? Yeah, they're fa fascinating and interesting. You can just about find a, a talk on anything in the world you'd want to is the way I kind of look at it. Uh, and so we, we're talking about things from Jesus here through the what called the Sermon on the Mount, perhaps one of his greatest talks. We're breaking it up for ourselves, uh, and we'll be into this uh, through most of the summer, along with some other kinds of messages as well. So, so thank you for being here to uh, be part of this teaching time. Um, let me start out by asking you to do something uh, for me here. Make a fist, will you? I'm not going to tell you to wave it, though. Just keep it right there. Don't move it around, all right? Some of you are starting to, don't, 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 don't do that. <laughs> it's a fist. So when I was young, it was fascinating to me to understand from somebody, I hope it's true somewhat, that the fist that you can make is about the size of your heart. Is that about right? Did somebody else say that? Did you teach your kids that, about the size of your heart? If I'm wrong, you can come and tell me afterward, but this is what I was told, so it was kind of fascinating. My heart's about that size, and it's, it's beating within me. In fact, the heart beats, from what I understand, an average of 122,400 times 
every day. All right. You got something that's uh, at work inside of you, don't you? <laughs> Thankfully, right? It, it, you want it to work well. None of us wants our heart to take a vacation or to take a day off, right? We don't want to give it a short coffee break either so it can skip a few beats. No way. Keep beating heart right on time, right on schedule. Uh, doctors understand the heart is critically important to our physical well-being. True? It's so important, doctors have developed, uh, there's several of these, but the Ten Commandments for Heart Attack Prevention. Ten Commandments for Heart Attack Prevention. I'm not going to give you all ten of them. I'm going to give you four. And uh, if you like this commandment, say yay. If you uh, kind of don't like trying to follow that commandment, groan a little, okay? All right, number one at the top of the list, thou shalt stop smoking. Yay! Come on, come on. Now, back in the 60s, because my parents were just chain smokers, they didn't know about that. And so they would have groaned. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, it's like, it was, no, thou shalt stop smoking. Okay, we need to understand. Number five on the list of the ten is thou shalt reduce dietary sodium. Oh, I love my salt, okay? I love my salt. <laughs> Some of you are with me on that one, right? Especially on a good steak. Right, Rich? Yes, right. Salt on a steak, right? Okay, so number seven, thou shalt increase time to relax. Yay! That'll help your heart, okay, according to these Ten Commandments. And number ten, number ten, thou shalt increase aerobic exercise. Oh, well, oh, no. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, I understand. A little bit of groan there. Okay, so this idea of this heart in, in, that supports our body, body's life. We don't want that heart to stop. We want that heart to be vital, and uh, it'll support our energy and uh, things we can do in this life. But the same principle I submit to you this morning holds true uh, for our spiritual lives. The condition of our spiritual heart impacts every area of our lives the spiritual heart of this heart that the bible speaks to this heart is the center of our innermost emotions and feelings the heart reflects uh, the essence of life its desires a uh, sense of purpose we can say is referred to as our heart you know uh, for life or, or an understanding is involved in that it's where our will and our decisions are made it defines us we could say this idea referenced often your heart, not your physical heart, but the heart of you, that innermost person. And so the heart, that heart, is critically important to our well-being as well. No wonder Jesus uh, is concerned with the heart. He's concerned uh, with it in the sense of it contributing to our deep and abiding or lasting happiness. And so one of those beatitudes or those happy attitudes, we'd say, is this one that we're going to talk about this morning for a bit. 
it's blessed, Jesus said, blessed, or how happy are the pure in heart. For they will see God. Blessed are the poor in heart, Jesus said. For they will see God. Jesus is indicating, as other scriptures and teachers uh, throughout time have indicated, the priority of the heart. There's a priority to the heart that is given here. And it shouldn't have been new to his listeners, or his hearers at this Sermon on the Mount talk that he gave. It shouldn't have, because the, the Bible, you can go back into Proverbs. Let's just look at a couple of them together. Look at this one. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from your heart. As water reflects the face in Proverbs 27 and 19, so one's life reflects the heart. Make sense? It was back there in the Proverbs, the wisdom literature. If you want to live a life with, you know, some happiness and satisfaction, deep meaning, watch your heart. Watch out for it because that's what's going to emanate. Everything in your life's going to emanate out of this core, innermost being we're referring to uh, that, that runs us, this idea of heart. Remember when uh, uh, God wanted to... <laughs> Uh, bring a better king uh, to, to the throne of the nation of Israel. Some of you might. We got through King Saul. We needed a better king, one that would, would be focused on God's will. And so uh, God had Samuel, the prophet, go and consider uh, some of the sons of Jesse. And I think it was, there were seven sons. And, and so he went and, and uh, he examined those sons. And, of course, Jesse brought his eldest out first, and this guy was, whoo, good-looking guy. And even taller, and he had just, you, you know, looked obvious to be. And look what, look what the Lord said to Samuel, as Samuel thought he might be the one to be the next king of the nation of Israel. Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. How's your heart doing? Going through, it could be going through a time of struggle in your heart. It could be your heart's, you know, at, on the top of, uh, you know, a mountain and you're feeling at the peak of life right now and that's great um, it, but the heart really does affect our lives how how we consider things deep within look at this and uh, through the other six God saw beneath the outside beneath the image making appearances that we can have in our lives directly down inside to the heart and he rejected, he rejected one, two, three, four, five, six of the sons of Jesse. He rejected them. Why? Why were they not uh, going to be promoted 
to the kingship over Israel. What an amazing thought. Because something was happening in their hearts that God said, I'm looking for someone who's after my heart that will do all my will. Friends, we'll, we'll, we'll find out that's a pure heart. And it would be David who he saw deep down that would have a heart after his. So friends, healthy, deep, and lasting happiness is connected. This idea of blessed, God, Jesus pronounces it, blessed. That's this healthy, deep, and lasting happiness. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And this idea of seeing God, let's, let's just pause and think about that for a minute. God's invisible, isn't he? We're not going to see him here, but what about eventually? He's a spirit being. He doesn't have bodies like us. God is spirit, the Bible says. I'm not sure what the idea there is, but most people believe this idea that when we see the face of God or we see God, we're, we're involved in his presence. We, we're having a fellowship with God. We're connected to God intimately. We'll see God in the reality of his being, whether or not we actually see visually, physically, in that sense of our understanding. So it's a way of connecting and understanding this ultimate idea that we're, we're with God, you know, uh, and we're dwelling with him. We have him. Let's look at a couple of scriptures. Again, I told you I'm going to bring some scriptures to you. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord, the Bible says. Who may stand in his holy place. Apparently we're having some issues here, but uh, just here if you can't see. Uh, this, some of these won't be on your notes, so my apologies for that. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? This is out of Psalm 24, 3 through 5. Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands, look what it says, and a pure heart. Who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication <laughs> from God their Savior. Vindication to those who were the enemies. I'm sure. Here's another one in Hebrews. This is in the New Testament. The Hebrew writer says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. That's the idea of being set apart to God, uh, pure uh, toward God. I'm going to serve God. I'm not going to serve self. I'm going to serve God. I'm set apart for God's use. To be holy contains an idea of purity. So without holiness, it says in the end there, no one will see, will see the Lord. Won't be able to have a fellowship with God, be connected to God without holiness. And so attention to the heart, friends, is, is, the, is a priority. It's a priority in the Bible. This is the one I'm picking out today just for our, our talk through this, the, the, the Beatitudes, these, these happy things that Jesus is talking about. Jesus, God, is interested in our, in our true happiness, our deep happiness. And uh, we, we, can, we can be happy over happenings, but God's interested in our happiness that's connected in the long range to not just this life but the next. And, and so uh, this is a priority. But, and maybe because, there's a problem. There, this is a priority in our scripture. This is a priority to Jesus that's connected to our happiness because there's a problem connected to the heart. And the Bible reveals this as well, doesn't it? There's a problem connected with the heart. Look what Jesus said. For out of the heart, and that on the screen will be uh, my emphasis, the italic and underline. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, 
murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. And so, friends, our heart becomes this source in our, in our lives that could defile us, that could do us great damage, eternal destruction even, our own hearts, as we are tempted and choose to do what's wrong and dishonor the God who loves us and, and has come to save us. And, and so, out of the heart, Jesus said, in another place, the mouth speaks. And so I see it this way. We can sin in our mind, evil thoughts, as it would say there. But what, usually, we're, we're going to say something that we thought about. And we're going to do something we've both said and thought about. There's a kind of a progression, isn't there? That's why, you know, law enforcement looks at motive. Because that's deep down stuff. Why would someone do something so wrong? Well, there's a motive usually behind that. It's something they thought about, maybe even expressed in some manner, uh, whether through the lips or the fingertips, and then they do it. It's, they do it. And so we, do, we all have participated in that to some degree or another, some kind of we've lied or we've, 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 we've said something very damaging, we've sinned with our lips, we've uh, perhaps theft or immorality, things of that nature that we can all uh, say, okay, yeah, the heart is, is, a, is a difficult thing. It's, it's a problem, and it can be. Uh, the Lord saw how great the wickedness. He goes all the way back now. Let me go all the way back to, uh, like, we believe, like, 1,500, 1,600 years after creation of everything. And God had made people, and they multiplied on the earth. There could have been millions Hundreds of millions, perhaps even billions, but at least that 1,500 years of population on the planet. And God saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth. Look what it says. And that, notice the uh, emphasis, every inclination of his thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. And so that if, if, and, and if you look at that passage a little more in depth, you'll see what had happened was great violence had broken out on the planet. Violence. It could be traced back to the heart of humans. And so uh, the Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. And so God was patient, gracious, with all humanity, and gave people 120 years to repent at the preaching of Noah, who said, there's a great flood that's going to destroy the earth. Repent, change your ways. Repent, which means a change of mind, a change of heart, which leads to a change of conduct. Change your ways, for destruction is coming. 120 years, God loved people who had got to that place only evil all the time. And people say the God of the Old Testament, some say, was a God that was different than the God of the New Testament. No, my friends. God has always been loving and gracious and desiring that every person would come to repentance and know the truth about life. That's who God is. Back in the days of Noah, in the time in which he flooded the whole earth, 
to bring the eventual destruction at that time, save eight souls. That's the God that we serve. But it was this heart that was a problem. It was a problem. And then uh, Jeremiah 17, 7, he just expresses this. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond, beyond cure. Who can understand it? Oh, do you sometimes misunderstand your own heart? I do. It's like, oh, why did I do this stuff? Why did I do, why did I do that? Why am I thinking this way? What is wrong with me? You know, it's this heart thing. Who can understand it? It's very difficult to understand sometimes our own heart. It's deceived easily. And we have to be careful. We must guard our heart. We must take that priority and understand it. So just today, just quickly, how I gain and maintain a pure heart. You know why? Because I want to be the happiest person I can be on the planet as well as, you know, I have this hope of eternity and be able to live on into eternity. Jesus wants me to be blessed. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. See God. <laughs> I love it. On Easter, you know, we talk about Jesus being the road, right? He's this, he's this pathway that has this purpose to get us to the place of heaven and the person of God. Jesus said that. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. How important it is that we would know Jesus and then be able to make him known as much as we can to the growing numbers of folks that are, don't, that are not informed, misinformed. I was underinformed. I came to my place in my life about 20-something years old or early 20s there, and I was just kind of underinformed. I knew some stuff about Jesus, you know? I believed in God, but that didn't mean that I had a relationship with God. I actually had a heart that was, uh, in many ways, impure. And I needed to be better informed. I was underinformed about the things like this one here that Jesus wants to bless me with. He wants my life to be uh, a full and have a fulfillment and a deep satisfaction to contain a meaning and a purpose. I had to really be blessed in that sense, see? A deep and lasting happiness, come what may on this earth, on this planet. <laughs> and, oh, I'm so grateful for people who are making him known to me at the time. Perhaps you're sitting here today and you, you might be feeling the same way. I'm grateful that I, I'm going to get to know some more about what it means to have a pure heart, to therefore be truly blessed, to be able to look forward, in, in not, not just in the future, but even now, be able to see God in the reality of what he wants me to know about him, to be able to live life with deep and lasting happiness. First one, you can fill these in if you want, be reconciled to God. In Christ, the fill-in is in Christ. Be reconciled to God in Christ. <laughs> that's how I can have a pure heart. Uh, we really need, need, that's where it starts. We, we, we must take away the guilt that's in our hearts. How does that, be, how's that taken away? How's, how's my guilt uh, uh, for what I have done against a holy 
righteous God who must, who's, who's perfectly just and must punish my sin, but he loves me so much, he's made a way for me <laughs> to, to be able to have my sin uh, removed. Therefore, no more guilt for me when I stand at the judgment. No, no penalty to you. You trusted Jesus, my son, for your sin. And he died for yours, along with the sin of the whole world. He was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And I trusted in that for me. Look what the scripture says there. Yeah, there it is. Uh, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new, look at this, the new creation has come. We've been kind of recreated in the image of Jesus. We've been given new life. We've been regenerated. The old has gone, the new is here. <laughs> Could you say that phrase with me? The old is gone, the new is here. <laughs> Those are, uh, friends, <laughs> encouraging words. <laughs> Those are happy words. Those mean that, you know, uh, I've, my, my heart's been cleansed. All this is from God. We went through a whole series of about three months on this idea of grace. The gospel of grace. And grace is what God has done for me. Uh, uh, my favor bestowed on you and me when wrath is owed on you and me. For the wages of sin or the penalty of sin is death, an eternal death for our own personal sin. Uh, but, the, but the free gift uh, is through Jesus Christ. Oh, the free gift is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And so what we get that we can't earn is only what God earned for us. He went and did the work on the cross of Jesus Christ, the crucified one, in order to free us from our penalty of sin, which cleans our heart from the guilt of our own sin. Wow. All this is from God. Look what it goes on to say. Who reconciled to us himself through Christ. So this is how we gain a pure heart to begin with. It's we're washed clean. Our sin is taken away. Our heart now is pure. And we've said, we'll honor you, God. We'll follow you, God. We'll put you first in our lives, O Lord, through Jesus Christ. Have you done that? Has your heart been purified by Jesus Christ? If it has, the whole idea of this is that we'd be reconciled. There'd be a, a new relationship established. Because that's what God's interested in. He's interested in us, our heart. That's who he's interested in. He's interested in our deep heart. He cares about us. Anybody in here ever been in love before? Raise your hands. You've, you've been in love before? You're in love now with somebody? I'm in love with my wife, okay? I just want you to make sure. She's my honey. <laughs> I, I don't know how relationships, you know, love relationships, you know, work best when there's a, a heart-to-heart connection. Somebody say Amen. That's what God's looking for with us in that sense of heart to heart. He 
He knows what's going on in our hearts. He knows if we're hurting. He knows that. And he wants us to know his heart as well. And he wants that to be a reconciled relationship. Oh, my goodness. Our sins are, are washed away. Our guilt is gone. Praise God. That's how we gain uh, a pure heart. Outside of beginning with Christ, beginning with God's offer for this new relationship with him, uh, all the work we might do to purify our hearts, we've got to start with Christ. We've got to start with what God has done to renew this relationship and reconcile it. Number two, treasure God's word. Treasure God's word. That's a fill-in, this word treasure. I like treasure, don't you? Okay, come on. We're in church, but it's okay. You like treasure? Woo! You like, it's like, you know, treasure's okay. You know, God gives us lots of treasures. We're blessed in America especially. Treasure's awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, we have all these things on this planet to enjoy. They're, they're for our benefit. All the whole planet's given because of the habitation of humanity in many regards. I respect the, ha the, the, the habitats of the eagles. Okay, great. But wh what about the habitats for the humans who are made in the image of God? So we have precious, uh, we're precious to God. And uh, his intention is that, that we would have dominion over all the creation and uh, steward it for the purposes of our lives here uh, to get to the life in the next so uh, look what it says here. How can a young man stay on the path of purity? Now, the young person, that's great, but just put yourself in there too because let's just pretend we're all young today. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living, look what it says, by living, he answers the question, by living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you you and so god gives us in our bibles plentiful instruction uh, that if we follow it we're going to help our hearts that's what it's designed to do it's to help our innermost being designed to to get down into our heart that we wouldn't offend god that we would honor him that we would be blessed by the the continual working out and purifying our heart now will we do this perfectly no we're not going to. I don't. But it's intentionality that we want. We want to be able to continue to understand there's a heart-to-heart -heart relationship. And, 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 and if I offend my wife, I, I go and apologize, right? I, I don't, I'm not perfect with heart-to-heart with -heart relationship. Neither will we be with God. But we have these wonderful instructions. Let's just take one for example. One of the, one of the uh, commands or instructions in the Bible is be thankful in everything. For this is the will of God. God wants us to be thankful in everything. I don't do this one perfectly. <laughs> okay, Sometimes I complain in things. Right? Anybody ever complain? I complain in some things. I'm not thankful in everything. But if I was, I'm just thinking about it. What if I was? How happy would I be in one month if I every day practiced being thankful in everything? Sometimes things that aren't so good, but I'm thankful somehow that God's going to use this to, to, to bless and help me and others. I'm going to turn this into a good thing. I'm, if at the end of a month, do you think I'd be more happy? <laughs> I, 
think so. What if, I, what if I did that and was thankful and everything for a whole year? I think God knows what he's doing. <laughs> I really do. When he gives us some instruction, and I don't give it a second thought sometimes, but if I practiced it, if I tried it, if I did it, if I it were intentional about it, oh God, how my heart would change and my happiness quotient would rise. Grateful people, by the way, are usually much more happy. <laughs> Isn't that true? Yeah. And just that's just one idea of how that could, could happen. Um, look at this uh, verse 11 a little more closely with me. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I've hidden your word in my heart. Wow. Um, think about that. It, it, this is the idea of, of, of guarding myself. Above all else, guarding my heart. If I fill my heart with God's word, a um, couple of things. It'll displace maybe some things that I might want to try to put in there. But I'm filling my heart with God's word, so it might displace some evil things because maybe, maybe in my heart there wouldn't be the room because I'm thinking I'm hiding his word in there. Maybe there wouldn't be the room for the temptations as much or maybe to give in to the temptations. By the way, that worked for Jesus, didn't it? Jesus had hidden God's word in his heart, and when the tempter came along three times over, what did Jesus do? He quoted scripture, quoted scripture, quoted scripture, and the devil left him, and he overcame and didn't sin, even though he was severely tempted to. Wow. As we treasure God's word. So I'm kind of a nagger, right? Somebody say yes. I'm, I nag you to, to, to read the Bible. We just got the Bible reading calendars for May. Sorry, we were a little late in getting them out to you. But uh, here they are. And uh, it just, you can read. Here's a little plan to read if you don't have a plan. If you're already reading according to a plan, great. Use your plan, whatever plan you want to use. But my suggestion, use a plan. And we supply one. It's also on our website. You can look it up there too. To just be in God's word every day a little bit. Every day a little bit. And it really helps us. Let's go on and look at number three. How do we maintain a pure heart? Gain it and then maintain it. We gain it by being reconciled to God in Christ. We maintain it by treasuring God's word. And number three, love God with all your heart. Love God with all your heart. This is really an important one, isn't it? Because this is the greatest commandment. The second one's like it. Love your neighbor as yourself, which I understand to be you know, uh, treat others as you would want to be treated. Uh, so the, uh, this whole idea of love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that's, um, that's what I gave you there in Matthew 22 and 37 as a support verse. And I just circled the all there. All your heart. Greatest commandment. Um, come, look, look at this next scripture, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of Dig in here for just a quick second here. Come near to God in James 4, 8. I think that'll be on the screen. Come near to God. Look what it says there. Uh, and he will come near to you. Okay? And we'll be able to see him closer, right? We'll have a better vision of who he is in that metaphorical sense. 
Look what it goes on to say. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. Look what it goes on to say. You double-minded. So the idea of this word pure, uh, pure, blessed are the pure in heart, has a lot to do with having an undivided, unmixed heart that we're focused on doing the will of God. Remember David, I want a man who, uh, who's after my own heart, who, what did, what did God say? Who will do all my will. This verse here helps us with this idea of understanding purity. Is all our heart focused on God's will? Or does our heart get divided? So Jesus would say, you cannot serve both God and mammon, money, because sometimes there's, you know, we get divided. And we start serving something else besides God. This was the whole, one of the biggest problems in the Old Testament times with the children of Israel. They would uh, serve God, but then they would also want to serve Baal. They'd want to get, and, they, and so they became mixed. They became divided. And so in relationships in our lives, we don't want somebody hedging in as the third party in marriages. Because it divides the relationship, doesn't it? And that's some of what God used, you adulterous generation. He uses this terminology because they had mixed. They divided their allegiance. They didn't stay focused on the will of God. They wanted their own will too. They wanted what the others had. That looks good. I want that too. They became double-minded, distracted, even hypocritical. Their commitment uh, was, was, uh, was not fully toward God. Purity, friends, is not necessarily a sinless life we can't live that sinless life at least i can't but it's more it has more to do with being undivided to will one thing and so jesus would say seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be taken care of but seek first put your priority toward god give all your heart give all your desire and your purpose focus that make that top and it doesn't mean we can't focus on some other things but it can't compete for the heart of God. Lastly, number four, confess and repent to God for sin. Look what David said after he had um, realized his great sin, his great transgression before God. What did he do? You know, he committed immorality, adultery with Bathsheba. And then what did he do? The heart, <laughs> he covered up. The, the, more corruption came in as he tried to cover up that. And then he ended up being, uh, being a murderer of, of Bathsheba's husband. Look what he said after he'd come to his senses, after he'd come to his understanding of what he's done to the heart of God. He says, oh, create in me a pure heart, O oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. My, my sacrifice, O oh God, is a broken spirit, he said, a broken and contrite heart. God will not despise. And so we won't live perfectly, friends. This isn't about being perfectly pure. <laughs> this is about being focused and having, the, you know, this commitment 
of all our heart toward God and, uh, and other things take secondary uh, commitment in that sense to make sure that God's honored first and foremost in our lives and we maintain this purity of heart and that we, uh, we have this expectation of seeing God more clearly, having him more near, having a fellowship deepened, and we grow in that. And, of course, ultimately, we, we're, we're blessed beyond with that. So, yep. All right. So I want to right now just uh, ask you to uh, pray with me. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give you a couple of moments of silence because some of the things in this message, this lesson, can, can be deep in your heart right now. And uh, if, if, if you need to just pray to God silently, if you want to write something out to me, on this card, you can trust me with your, with what's in your heart if you need to. If you want some help, resources, if you want to dig deeper, I want to encourage you to do that this morning. And so let's pause and then I'll be in prayer and the band will uh, share our final song with us. So let's go to prayer. God, thank you for giving us your son, Jesus, which means we have a life ahead beyond this one that's short, temporary, and finite. We have the eternal one to look forward to that has come by gift, not that we could ever earn, only you could for us in the cross of Christ. So again, we are grateful that we could remember that around the community table we could uh, hear this just short talk from Jesus and this sense of being blessed and happy and the good things you designed for us. Thank you for this idea of pure heart and what that means to us. And would you minister to each one of us according right now to our own personal needs? Will you... Uh, encourage us, will you exhort us inside, admonish or reprove or you just rebuke something in, in, in our life that our, our heart might need to change. God, if we need to repent right now, would you, would you receive that like you received David's in David? And uh, we just want to express to you, God, how much we want to love you back. We want to be in our relationship heart to heart with you. So thank you for these words from our Savior Jesus this morning. In his name we pray. Amen. Please uh, you know, uh, turn in your cards, your connection cards. Uh, even if you're brand new with us, we'd love to have a record of your attendance. So you just go in these branch planter pots, which will be picked up momentarily as we sing the final song. Thank you for your gifts to the branch. Thank you for supporting the work of God right here. He's doing a lot of good work with uh, some of the resources that we've been able to pull together, so I'm so grateful for that. If you have kids immediately following uh, the song, please go and, uh, and get, get your children, have some refreshments, and reach out to those around you. I want to invite you to stand up as we sing our final song, and thanks for coming, everybody. Appreciate you being at the branch this morning.
even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, your perfect love is casting out fear. Even when I'm caught in the middle of the storms of this life, I won't turn back, I know you are near, and I will fear no Enjoy this beautiful sunshine and eat some tacos. <laughs>